Hello and welcome to the After Sermon Podcast, where we learn about a Bible topic, character or concept. And today we're learning about mental, emotional and spiritual health as we study the sermon, Catharsis. Catharsis is the process of releasing and thereby providing relief from strong or repressed emotions. The position that most of the time we should be in, and that's the healthiest for us, is actually joy in a state of contentment and happiness. Distracting ourselves from our emotions is not dealing with the actual problem. If they have this overwhelming feeling of sinfulness, God is happy to take those emotions from us. Hi, my name is Christopher. Ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat today because we have with us a veteran of the podcast, a very esteemed guest. That would be Mr. Jesse Hello, Marks. everyone. Glad to have you with us today, Jesse, and on such a uh, an emotional podcast, you could say, today. Ooh, diving deep into the emotions. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Um... This is a, a a sermon I was really keen to be able to do, and I, I haven't been able to do it for a while because um, I had to go file hunting for it. It was <laughs> in one place, and then I had it, and then I lost it, and then somebody else graciously found it again for me. So oh, man. Uh, I actually preached this oh, late, uh, late last year, but I'm happy that I finally hunted down the file, <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't lose it again, and uh, we have it now. So, let's get right into this sermon, but before we do that, we never recap, and before we do that, if you haven't watched the Sermon Catharsis, make sure to go to the link below. Come back here later, because you know that this podcast is going to be full of spoilers. Now, with that out of the way, let's get into our quick recap. The sermon begins by looking at the state of the church and at the different areas in which it is good at meeting the needs of people. For example, the church is very good at meeting the physical needs of individuals. It's also good at meeting the social and the spiritual needs. But not a big emphasis is placed on the mental and emotional needs of congregation members and those outside of the church. And what's terrible is, If we neglect just one area of these needs, all of the other areas will suffer as a result. So, knowing that emotions come from God because we see that God himself expresses emotions, we can understand that they are not inherently sinful. Though there perhaps are such things as sinful emotions, emotions such as joy or righteous anger or sadness are not inherently sinful and are okay for us to express. And so we need to develop a way to properly deal with these emotions. And one such method is catharsis. Catharsis is defined merely as the process of releasing and thereby providing relief from strong or repressed emotions. Think of it like this, each day you have to take in several uh, breaths of fresh air. Catharsis is a lot like that. Each time we breathe out, we let out some emotions, let's say. And so catharsis is simply the idea of breathing these out. Now, in the same way that holding your breath all day would be bad for you, not getting rid of your emotions is also bad for your mental and emotional health. And often we wait till just one day of the week to do so. And we decide that will be the one day where we will relieve ourselves of our emotions. 
But the good news is that God invites us every day to come to Him and to give over to Him whatever it is we're feeling or experiencing. We see throughout all of the Bible people coming to God and giving attitudes of repentance, lament, hope, grief, thanksgiving, confusion, awe, all these different emotions that we experience and they are all given to God. And the Bible gives us different methods for how we can give these over to God. We can come to Him in prayer or with songs of praise and thanksgiving. We can write poetry. Uh, journaling allows us to reflect on our emotions. Reading the Bible allows God to communicate to us. Talking to other people and confiding in them can help. Or even visiting a place that is special to you and has significance is one way that we can overcome. And we have to recognize as well that distracting ourselves from our emotions is not dealing with the actual problem. Catharsis helps us to push through these emotions and to make sure that we deal with the problem at its core. And we concluded by looking at several of the promises that God gives us that anyone who comes to him, if they are weary and heavy burdened, if they have anxieties, if they have this overwhelming feeling of sinfulness, whatever it is, God is happy to take those emotions from us so that we can live a life which is fulfilling and so that we can have a good mental and emotional and thereby a good physical, social and spiritual life as well. Okay, so that was our sermon catharsis. I want to I'm interested Jesse, what were your personal takeaways from this sermon? Hmm. Sure. Well, first of all, I really like the way you started it. Um, just in general, I always find it fascinating when anybody talks about lost practices or, you know, ancient forgotten wisdom. Yeah. Um, I just pers- I personally find that fascinating. Eh? And so um, when you started your sermon off by saying, like, there's this thing that most of us forgotten to, forgotten to put in practice, you know, it immediately got my attention. Um, and then from the rest of the sermon, you, you always had my attention. I, I loved it. I liked um, how practical the message was as well. Um, it's I think it's very important for a sermon to be practical, that people can take away something. And I think you really gave them something they could take home straight away and put into practice really straight away as soon as they got home. So I thought that was really good. Um, and I liked also, too, that you, you showed how the Bible can not only help us spiritualize, but it actually has something to say for just our day-to-day lives, our everyday living Mm. And I think that's a really important aspect of the Bible that I thought you really brought out um, well. And, like, also, I think you nailed our culture like, right, <laughs> yeah, right yeah. on. It's a, it's a helter-skelter culture, isn't it? And, um, you know, I think I'm guilty of this. You said you're guilty of this. We're all guilty of this at times. And you're so right. We We need another reminder that we just need to take a break. We need to take some time out. And really just process life because life throws a lot at us and life can be very stressful and we need that time, yeah, just to let it go, like you said. So no, I thought it was thought it was really good. Yeah. And um I also liked how you said we need to be consistent as well. It's not something that we can just do you know, a one time thing. It's like, yeah, boiler. We just build up all this pressure throughout the week, throughout the month, and yeah, we just need to let that out, otherwise we'll we'll explode, like mm-hmm. you said. Um, so yeah, I, very pertinent topic, very relevant, very practical. Um, and yeah, it's something that can help us in our spiritual lives as well as our day-to-day lives, our practical living. So 
yeah, just an all-round message, very open for everyone and something that I think, yeah, the world needs to hear right now. So I like that. Oh, praise God. That's awesome. Um, I think, yeah, one of the most important parts for me that I thought of uh, while preparing the sermon was, okay, let's have a look at how we meet all of the other needs, you know. Okay, physical needs. You eat three times mm. a day and you snack more than that, you know, and if you're doing a good mm. job, you're drinking water and exercising a bit as well. Um, your social needs, well, if you work in like an, an office space, you know, you're dealing with people from nine to five. So I think by the end of the day, you're o- you're exactly. over people. <laughs> if anything, you've like maxed out <laughs> in your social needs. And then your spiritual yeah. needs, you know, we, we, we place a big emphasis on spending time with God in the morning and at night um, and really like kind of sandwiching the day by spending it with God and, you know, obviously throughout as well. But then if, mm, like you know, somebody were to ask you... And, yeah. Yeah. And so then if someone were to ask you, so how do you deal with your mental and emotional needs every day? Like, who does that? You know, <laughs> we just... No one really mm. does it. Um, exactly. That's part of no. <laughs> it. It's part of that mm. lost discipline aspect. Like, yeah, it, and, and and I think it's. I think maybe that could be. Obviously, there are, are a variety of factors and reasons. Um, but I think that could be one component or one reason that leads to, I think, the rise in mental uh, health issues that we've seen. The fact that we don't really know how to mm. process how we feel and. Uh, the things which happen in our life, the events which come and attack us. We don't, we don't know how to process them. And more often than not, we're more likely to distract ourselves from the problem than actually deal with them. Like, um, mm. if you're feeling sad, you know, the, the go-to is grab a tub of ice cream and then go watch some TV, mm. you know? Like, okay, like, that's, like that's fun, sure, but it's not really solving whatever problem you're doing. And when you get to the end of the tub, you're just going to want another one because you haven't done anything about it, you know? Um, Exactly. You never get rid of that problem, like you said. Yeah, it's it's a Band-Aid solution. Um, So, yeah, I I was really uh, privileged to be able to talk about uh, a topic which is very important to me. Mm. All right, then let's get into the main meat of the podcast, the cutting room floor. Jesse, what is the cutting room floor? The cutting room floor is the segment where we discuss the parts of the sermon that didn't make it into the final product and then break them down. Nice. So this one, I'm really, I'm actually very excited for this, <laughs> this segment. We're going to be looking at oh, cool. uh, three, yeah, three Four. Oh, four. What are we looking at? Four Ooh, emotions. Four. And what okay. what are the consequences of each of these emotions when we don't apply catharsis? Hmm. What happens if we leave them unresolved? And so the first one we're going to look at hmm. is unresolved pride. Um, and I wanted to start off with this one because this is how kind of like the universe started off. Um, in regards to sinful um, mm. emotions. This was the first ever sinful emotion ever felt, this sense of pride and of self-exaltation. Mm. Um, and we read it in Ezekiel twenty-eight fourteen through 15. Do you want to read that out for us, Jesse? Can do. So it's Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 14 and 15, and this is referring to uh, the angel... Lucifer. Um, Jesse, do you just want to give our audience a little recap as to who Lucifer is? Sure. So you you mentioned it before. Pretty much Lucifer is 
the angel of all angels. So in heaven, God has these beings called angels, and they were all originally good, holy beings that were sometimes referred to as messages in the Bible or helpers or servants here to, yeah, do the work of God, essentially. And Lucifer was the head angel. He was what the Bible calls the archangel. He was very talented, very gifted, and very beautiful. But yeah, he had a problem, as you pointed out. His problem was pride. He was on the top as far as angels were concerned, but he wanted something a little bit more, didn't he? He he wanted to be God, essentially, as we discover mm. in the Bible. He wanted God's position. He wasn't satisfied where God had placed him, even though that was a very honored position. He just he just wanted more. And so mm. eventually he So yeah, let's read about what the Bible says. As Satan. Oh sorry. <laughs> the enemy of God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's have a let's, look. Let's read what the Bible so says Ezekiel, about this. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 14 to 15. You were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in all your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. And then we read another passage in Isaiah 14 uh, where, Lucifer, where Lucifer talks about what this, uh, this sinfulness or iniquity that was found in him was. And he keeps saying, you know, I will ascend to the throne of God. I'm going to take mm. God's place. It's all about me, 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 I, I, I. It's all about myself, yeah. which is, you know, the epitome of pride. Uh, but just imagine how confused Lucifer would have felt to begin with. I mean, like, you've never felt this before. Exactly, it's yeah, kind it's of a like, new feeling, it's you know, rush, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so, you, you know, Lucifer's looking at the throne of God, and he just thinks to himself, oh, I could be God, and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. where did that come from, that come you know, from. like, what mm. is this going on? Exactly. Um, and I imagine, I imagine he would have wrestled with that for a bit and been a bit confused about it. Uh, mm. But I also believe, like, the angels are incredibly smart, right? And yeah. <clears throat> the thing about Lucifer is that God gave him lots of chances before he ultimately judged Lucifer. Mm. And so if Lucifer had just trusted God, um, you know, there could have been some way to save him. And mm. God could have helped him process this this new, like, whoa, pride, whatever. Just, yeah, but it exactly. Was the, it was that very pride which, pardon me. It was that very pride which prevented him from even listening to God in the first place. Hmm. Um, and I think it's interesting that pride led to envy, and that envy of God eventually led to a rejection of God. Hmm. And it's um, sort of like a root. It's a root yeah. sin, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> it is. It really is. Hmm. And. I think what's disappointing is that we very much see that same rebellion against God today out of a sense of pride. Uh, mm. We think that we're too smart for God. Um, there's a lot of emphasis placed on human reason and, um, you know, how smart we are. And we're very smart, but mm. we're not God smart. Um, we're not smart, yeah. Or how I rich was, we are even, yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah, continue, sorry. Yeah. No, yeah, and I, I was just thinking the other day, like, humanism, what an interesting word, and I was like, hmm. I don't know if I'd want to label myself as a humanist, because 
humans kind of suck. Like, if you look at yeah. us, like, we don't have they a really great track record. We're really we not don't. that great. I, we've done a lot of good stuff, but I feel like our bad definitely outweighs our good. So I'm like, yeah, I would have put my, my faith yeah. in, um, and my trust in the, uh, <laughs> the altru- yeah. altruistic nature of the human race. We're, we're yeah. not that great. This, yeah, not safe hands. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's, what happens if we don't deal with the, this emotion of pride and mm. uh, it, it builds up, it leads to envy because we feel entitled to things, we want things because we're the best mm. and I think it does eventually lead to a rejection of God. Every time we see someone get proud um, in the Bible, they often take a fall uh, mm. because you can only go so far before you get you know, wrecked. <laughs> The colloquial exactly. way of saying it. Um, just look at the Tower of Babel. You know, mm. we'll build a tower to heaven. We're going to do all this stuff. And God just kind of just smiles and he goes like, nah, you guys aren't doing that. <laughs> no. So. <clears throat> oh, like King, Nebuch- yeah. King Nebuchadnezzar, like this is Babylon I have built. Oh. And then, yeah, a few years later, he yeah, finds that's... himself in a field eating grass. So, yeah. That's interesting. Actually, that's interesting because, well, we know that Babel and Babylon are the same place. Yeah. So very interesting that two uh, two of the central themes of both of those stories is pride. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd never thought pride. of that. That's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> so then we move on to consequences of unresolved anger. Jesse, can mm. you read out for us Ephesians chapter four <clears throat> and verse twenty six? I can. So this is an epistle written by Paul to the church of Ephesus, and he's telling them how to be able to live in the spirit. And here's one of the ways he tells them to. So that was Ephesians chapter four. What verse? Sorry. Uh, chapter f- twenty-six. Twenty-six. Awesome. So Ephesians chapter four and verse twenty-six. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Mm. Mm. Uh, what was interesting was when I told uh, my parents I was going to preach on this topic they were like oh hey did you use that verse like don't let your anger go down with the sun and like this dumbfounded look on my face just came and was like no I literally missed the most obvious (laughs) (laughs) the most obvious uh, one but so the podcast is for it happens you know what it happens Um, doesn't it man but it happens. So if you read on there, Jesse, uh, if you've got the rest awesome. of the text there, why does it? What did? Do. Why does Paul say we shouldn't let our anger go down with the sun? Like, why mm. is it that that's so important? It's according to verse twenty-seven. So we don't give the devil a foothold. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I read that and was like, "Whoa, that's." Whoo. Yeah. That's Yikes. that's big. Um, <clears throat> it's like yeah, it leads to it, with the all devil these sins, having so a foothold in your life. That is huge. A foothold. That's yeah. That's no small thing, is it? Yeah, man. <clears throat> um, so it's and that's uh, I suppose one way you could say like there you go. That's how it can affect your spiritual health if you don't take care of mm. your mental and emotional. Because, well, uh, unrighteous anger uh, that you just like fester and let it boil. Satan mm. can use that, you know, uh, and he can misdirect that. 
it also exactly. it seems like a yeah go for it go for it oh yeah it, it seems like a theme i don't know if this will continue it's like sure they're bad straight up but what's really bad is when you linger those evil emotions or those bad emotions like if you just let them fester and fester and build it yeah like you said don't deal with them then that's when they become a real problem yeah yeah for sure um, in verse 29, it also says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, which I think it, it's still within the context mm. of don't let your anger go down, live in the spirit. And I think that makes sense, mm. right? Because when you're angry, you're not rational, right? And so you just say stuff. True. And then people you're always... up and yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so people always end up having to apologize afterwards, be like, hey, I didn't actually mean what I said. You know, yeah. I was just like... I was yeah. lashing out, you know, it, it all become, anger is very much a very instinctual, you just, you know, whatever comes mm-hmm. to mind, I'm going to say it. Um, and then in verse 30, Paul says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So mm-hmm. here, here's the process that I think of. If you allow anger to fester, you allow Satan to have a foothold. And if Satan's there, to me, that means that you're grieving the spirit. The Holy Spirit can't spirit. be there. Mm. So that's like an even bigger implication. <laughs> <laughs> like that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and I suppose that's probably one of the reasons why oh, I should have put this in my notes, but uh in in James chapter 1, <laughs> James says be slow to anger, slow to speak, quick to mm. hear. You know, don't don't get angry mm. too easy. Listen to people first. Don't go blabbering your mouth, you know. Because maybe mm. James uh, also recognized the significance of allowing Satan to have that foothold when we, um, yeah, uh, fall into mm. anger and we let it fester. Exactly. Eh? We Yeah, we become more susceptible to Satan's influences, I guess, eh? And he just put little thoughts here and there, do that, do that. And yeah, we don't have that guard up. Like you said, it's all instinctual. Yeah, that's very true, eh? Yeah. Um. I want to go to one of my favorite passages in the Bible, which is uh, Jonah chapter 4. Hmm. Um, Jonah chapter 4, and so for those who don't know, uh, Jonah is a book about this prophet. God wants Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh and um, preach to them. And Jonah doesn't want to, so he ends up running away, but then God ends up sending him there anyway. And so Jonah begrudgingly preaches to the people. Mm. And he thinks to himself, well, at the very least, if I preach to them and they don't repent, God will destroy them. <laughs> yeah, that'll mm. that'll teach them. But then the teach entire city repents. And so this is what Jonah's reaction is. It says, this displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he became angry. There we go. Here's the anger that we're talking about. And so mm. it says, Jonah prayed to the Lord and said... Lord, was this not what I said when I was still back in Israel? This is why I fled to Tarshish, because I knew that you are gracious and you are a merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. And listen to his conclusion. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And you're like, Jonah, calm down, man. Like... Man. The people you didn't want to die didn't die, and now you want to you want to die. And then God to says to him, Yeah, and then God says to him, 
Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? And Jonah, uh, Jonah and God will do this routine once more before the uh, book ends. Jonah will ask to die, and God will say, do you really have the right to be this angry? Hmm. And so God is kind of revealing to Jonah, like, hey, you're, uh, <laughs> the anger you're, you're feeling right now is not in proportion <laughs> to the, you know, the situation at hand at the moment. The situation. Uh, but just exactly. look at, yeah. You're completely off yeah. the rails. <clears throat> completely off the rails. Uh, look how irrational and look at the poor choices Jonah was willing to make just because he was so angry. Hmm. And uh, I think I think that word is used intentionally for us there. Jonah says he's angry. God says you don't have the right to... Do you have the right? In other words, you know, he's getting Jonah to reflect mm. uh, on the fact that he doesn't have the right to be this angry. Right to be angry. So anger is a very dangerous... <laughs> yeah. It's very dangerous. Mm. Um, exactly. And then... Yeah. And uh, we're told in Proverbs 15.1 as well that a harsh word stirs up anger, but a gentle word um, prevents wrath. So... Mm. Yeah, being angry always leads to conflict as well between people. Yeah, anger so, begets anger, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, if somebody comes up to you and starts yelling, you know, and like saying, you did this to me and you did that, what are the chances that you're going to be like, it's okay, I'll hear you out. Okay, I'll listen to your argument. No, <laughs> within like 10 seconds, you're going, I never did that and no, you've done I this did, to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It just becomes like It this. just builds it. Yeah. It just builds and builds. It becomes a yelling game. Um, so, solid advice, Solomon. Yeah, let's not <laughs> be angry. Because, <laughs> like, a uh, soft response, it really throws them off guard, really. In some instances, doesn't it? It's like, ah, oh, man, why did you do that? It's like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. You know what? I can pay for that if you want. I can get you a new one. It's like, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's an even better no. weapon, right? Because you just confuse the person. They're like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> That's <laughs> great. Uh, and then we have uh, consequences of unresolved sadness. And mm. I think this is important. Uh, for example, in uh, you can read this for yourself, uh, listeners at home. Second Samuel 18, uh, verse 33, and then... Chapter nineteen, one through to seven. It it it's annoyingly like the chapters are cut right in the middle of a story, so you just gotta <laughs> read the end mm. of the twenty chapter eighteen and the beginning of nineteen. But this is right after Absalom has died, David's son, and David is in mourning and he keeps crying out, "Oh, Absalom, Absalom, Absalom!" But then we're told that David's sadness kind of gets to the point of self pity. Mm. He's not really grieving for his son anymore it's turned into self-pity and because of this the people are actually upset as well in a time when they should be victorious because they've just had a victory and they've taken back their country from basically a coup and Mm. even um david's general joab he gets mad at david and he says look i get that you're sad about absalom but you need to Mm. get over this you know um because this isn't just about you either, you know. I Anymore. feel sorry for you, even mm. though he was the one who killed him, but, you know. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your emotions extend past you as well. This is having a negative effect on the country. Um, and mm. so David decides to get up and do his thing. Now, obviously, we don't have the same responsibility to shoulder 
uh, as David did and, um, you know, ordinary everyday people should be given much more time to grieve than perhaps King David was who had to be a public figure. Mm. But I think it's true uh, that we should make sure that our grief doesn't eventually lead to self-pity. Because Mm. I feel like self-pity is very difficult to get rid of and unlike an emotion mm. like sadness, which is is a good, it's a good right. It's it's natural it's, to go through sadness natural. when you, yeah, and 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 it's to mm. get you through that experience. Sadness mm. is actually almost a gift that helps you to process. Whereas exactly s- self pity, there is no like light at the end of the tunnel. It's not a process. It's just you stuck in the mud and mm. enjoying being there and wallowing in it and going, oh, woe is me, you know, and um. I think we've all been there in self-pity, right? And as 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 yeah. bad as it is, you also kind of like it. it that's a weird thing, eh? Hey? Yeah, exactly. It's so messed up. <laughs> yeah, it's right. <laughs> you know what I think it comes back to? I think it comes back to pride. Mm. Because you're, you, you like feeling like the victim. You're like, the Mm. world is unfair and everything's unjust. And that comes, I think, from a bit of entitlement where you're just like, you know, the world isn't Mm. working the way I want it to be. Therefore, you know, I'm going to wallow in some self-pity. I'm the victim. You feel like the world owes you something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, the world owes you something. The world owes you nothing, you know, like the world is unfair Mm. and it's unjust. Like it's sucky. (laughs) Um, Mm. But that's why we have emotions like sadness or even, you know, like, righteous anger, not um, mm. uh, evil or vindictive, but, like, you know, like you get mad at injustice or something. Exactly. We have these emotions to kind of guide us through yeah. this unfair and unjust world to make it easier. Mm. And exactly, yeah. self-pity is not one of them. <laughs> it, it is not. It's Yeah, it's so selfish as well. It's so unhealthy, yeah. But yeah. And, so easy to fall into. <clears throat> and and that's why um yeah Joab calls David out on it. He's just like, man, this is just selfish now. You know, mm. what are you doing? Um, and uh, I think uh, uh, we see another thing uh, in First Kings chapter nineteen, verses four and verses nine through to ten. Elijah is kind of on the same brink that Jonah was. So Jonah asks God to take his life. And this is because of the anger he's feeling. But with Elijah, mm. he's just really, he's depressed. And so mm. Elijah asks God to take away his life. Um, and uh, I, I want to be careful how I phrase this, but I, I think in Elijah's specific case, he may have been wallowing in a bit of self-pity. Mm. Uh, I don't think to the same level as David, but when you look at the text, it's all about like, oh, everyone's after me and... Everything mm. sucks, and everyone's killed except me. I'm the last one, even yeah. though he knows that he's not. He like he's literally knows that for him. a fact. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. even before God, uh, even before God tells him later in that chapter, he met this guy who was hiding some of the prophets, and this guy's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, I got a like hundred men of God's cave over here." And like, oh yeah, yeah. And I just <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, cool, man." True. And that's like two chapters before this happens. He knows. Mm. But he's still mm. like, no, 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 you know. It, and so his world has become very self-focused. Um, and that's the case of Elijah. Uh, I, I, I can't say... Uh, I, I don't know uh, enough about the state of somebody's mind that is contemplating suicide. 
Um, And I don't think in every case it would be uh, a case of self-pity, like in the case of Elijah. But certainly it it is a result of unresolved sadness to a great extent, I I would feel safe to assume. Um, Because it's, as we said, sadness is there to get you through the emotions, right? But Mm, suicide is... It's a means to an end, whereas suicide is a last resort. There is no hope left. Sadness is supposed to give you hope, but if you keep staying in it for too long, yeah, yeah, Mm. it just becomes detrimental to your health. Mm. Uh, We see another Mm. example of this in Matthew 27, uh, verses 3 to 5. Judas thinks there's no hope left. You know, I don't have anything. So he hangs himself. Uh, And Ecclesiastes Mm. chapter 2 and verse 11 Solomon says, look, there's no meaning to life. And in other words, he's like, there's no hope to it, you know? Um, Mm. So if we wallow in sadness for too long, I think we become debilitated. uh, Mm. We become depressed. Irrational. We become irrational in our thinking and we lose any sense of hope, I think, as well. Mm. Which is really dangerous if you think about it, eh? Because, like, Judas is the the perfect example. Um... Yeah, if you just wallow in it too long, obviously he did something very bad. But if you, yeah, dwell in it, it can lead, yeah, to terrible, terrible things and it's not worth it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jesse, would you be able to read out for us Lamentations chapter 3 and verses 22 through to 24? This is like a really nice... So the book of Lamentations, it's a lament, right? So it's all about like crying and mourning. Mm. But, like, for just maybe, like, a, a few verses, maybe, like, ten verses or so, there's, like, this glimmer of hope. And this these are my this is my favourite uh, little few verses from here. So, what was it? Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22, uh, 22 to 24? That's it. Awesome. Cool. So, Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 to 24. Because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed, for his passions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Mm, beautiful words. Isn't that <clears throat> nice? Hey, like this guy's lost everything. He's lost his home. Like it, everything sucks. But he just goes, mm. but you know what? I'll wake up tomorrow and God's mercies will still be there every day. There's still hope for me. And like, oh, how That's, do you yeah. write that? I know, so poetic, but it's it's so true. Like you can be absolutely miserable one night, and then you know what? Somehow in the morning you're fine. Yet, like if you can get through the night, yeah, that's so beautiful. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So again, um, don't don't stick stick around too long in pride. Don't stick along around too long in anger. And don't stick around too long in sadness. Mm. Uh, pride is useless. <laughs> Anger can have its moments if it's motivated by the correct thing, but in the context we looked at, it was um, not righteous anger. And sadness mm. is a good tool for us to help process, but if we if we misuse it, uh, it can lead to depression, self-pity, and a whole lot of other uncomfortable things. It's there to give us actually hope and help us mm. through grieving. So I, So I guess besides pride, a lot of these are actually good emotions. They're just twisted and warped and mistreated I suppose, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh and I just want to conclude by looking at the human nature. 
Um, looking at all mm. of these things, all of these emotions we've looked at so far, Jesse, what is, what, what can you surmise about the human nature? We are unstable. <laughs> unstable, um, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, we're weak, I guess, in that sense. And we are... Mm. I guess we we don't know what's best. Really, we don't really know what's best for us, in a, in a nutshell. <clears throat> yeah, a few things off the top. The yeah. the word I, the word I, uh, would use, is self destructive. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> we're and, we're yeah. like, we're bent on hurting ourselves, mm. um, and I think it's because of the sinful fallen nature. Mm. Um. I found it interesting. I didn't even mean for this, but as I was going through the emotions that I picked, I found it interesting that, well, actually, all three of them, all three of them lead to death. Um, mm. We had four, uh, three examples. No, sorry, two examples in sadness that led to suicide. We had anger. Mm. Um, Jonah asked for his own death, and pride. Well, pride is rejecting God and accepting death. Mm. Exactly. All of these, all of these lead to death. And interesting. Uh, I looked at some of the statistics we have uh, in Australia in 2016. Two thousand eight hundred and eighty-six people committed suicide. Very unfortunately. Mm, um, sad. And what's interesting is the highest age, the highest age and gender bracket for that was males over eighty-five, which I thought was interesting. Um, mm. But excluding that age bracket. Uh, the next highest two were males between 40 and 44 and between 25 and 29. Um, so obviously this is a <clears throat> big prominent problem that we have in our society. And uh, I, th- I found this interesting as well. Obviously this issue of suicide is, it's not a gendered issue. You know, I would, I want the rates for all genders to be, Zero. Yeah, exactly. But I found it I found it interesting that in all of the stats, men were always twice as highly uh, m- men had twice as many suicides in as women as every age bracket. Hmm. Um and I wonder if maybe we talked about the fact that uh a lot of these unresolved emotions are what lead to death. And I think very much in our society, you know, men are both not taught and also very much discouraged from sharing mm. or feeling any of these emotions. Um, I don't know. Maybe that is one of the contributing factors. Of course, there are a lot of reasons for why uh, somebody would choose to make that decision. But uh, maybe that's one of them, you know, that we just mm. don't know how to work through and process these emotions, both men and women. Yeah, we don't really open up to each other. Like, yeah... I mean, what something I've been hearing a lot lately, especially in this day, one day and age, like, especially the younger generation, we lack deep and meaningful friendships. Like, a lot of friendships are superficial and like we're hanging out to have a good time and that's great. But, you know, you need more than that. You need, yeah, real strong bonds where you can be open, not to to some people, not everyone, you don't open up to everyone on the street, but just at least a select few who you can open up with and be more real. So, yeah, I think you're onto something there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, 
we are we are very much missing that just like a, a tight circle of maybe two or three people that you really mm-hmm. confide in and trust you know exactly. i think if That's you it. i think I think if you were to ask most people, do you have that person? Most people would probably say, no, I don't, you know? Mm. And I think as well, it's because no one wants to lose face in society, right? No one wants to admit Mm. that they have a problem when it should be totally fine to say like, hey, I'm struggling with this or I'm uh, I'm finding this difficult to process. But because Mm. of that fear almost of like social, becoming a social pariah, or it's like, oh, hmm. nah, you know, I don't really want to talk about it it's with anyone. It's not worth it. Um, yeah. It's not, yeah, is it worth it? And so I would really love to see the church, because we always hear this, mm. right? The church is a hospital. It's for the, the spiritually sick. And we also help yeah. people physically and socially. But I'm like, okay, so can we have it be a, a mental hospital then as well? Like, <laughs> yeah. obviously not, you know, to yeah. the d- degree of an actual mental hospital. But you that, know what I mean? Yeah. Can't it be a, a hospital that also mm. treats people's mental and emotional health as well? I, I would love for churches mm. to become a place where people can find those, you know, two or three people to be really uh, open and vulnerable with. But I feel like almost mm. in the church, it's the same, you know, no one, no one wants to lose face because you don't want to be the person who's not as spiritual or whatever. Uh, and it. I think yeah. that is a little bit of pride again as well. All of this kind of comes down to pride, doesn't it? It does. We don't want to hurt that reputation that we're all good and we've got it all together. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the world would be such a good place if everyone just unanimously said all at one cho- uh, at one point, you know, I don't have it all together because no one does, you know. If we did, we does. wouldn't need Jesus, but we, yeah. we don't. We all sin. We all struggle. That's why we need Jesus <laughs> yeah. to pay for our sins and to help. And the Holy Spirit helps us to grow and sanctify, you know. Uh, anyways. Anyways. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> our last... Our last emotion that we're going to look at, mm. and I think you might know the answer to this, Jesse. Uh, I'll see. We'll, we'll test your memory. Okay. The last one is happiness. Mm. Jesse, what are the negative consequences of unresolved happiness? The negative consequences. Negative consequences of unresolved happiness. You know what? I may not remember this, so I'll, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll, um, I'll give you a little clue. Uh, we'll we'll okay. dro- name drop a, uh, a little old lady called Arlene Taylor. Did you go to any of her talks last year? I did, yes. Okay. Um, so the negative result... Oh, so if... So what are you saying? So if you if hold on to or... happiness or joy... So if you hold on to happiness and joy for too long... Yeah. What is a negative consequence of that? I think that's a trick question. Jeremy because I'm said. pretty sure that's... Yeah, there we go. Because <laughs> that's the state we always should be in. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. The majority, want... of, the majority of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. So I think I believe what she said, and this was a while ago. So please feel free to correct me. But there are times, obviously, when we we need to be sad or we we get angry and we're not, you know, all completely together. But the the default position the position that most of the time we should be in and that's the healthiest for us is actually joy and a state of contentment and happiness. I, I believe that's, that was a point. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. And, uh, they, um, you know, uh, obviously professionals in this area have done studies over the years 
have they noticed when you hold on to anger or sadness? Two of the emotions we looked at today, and I forget what mm-hmm. the third one was. There was a third main one. Uh, but if you hold on to any of those three, there are negative consequences. But they said, look, we can't find any negative consequences of holding on to happiness or joy for too long. <laughs> you know, it yeah. just doesn't have... There's nothing wrong with it. Mm. So be happy. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, you know, today. that's a lot easier that's a lot easier said than done, but done. Uh, how about how how about this? Be rest assured that it's totally fine to be happy and to have joy mm. and that there's no exactly. negative consequence to that. Exactly. If you're happy, be more happy because you're happy. Yeah. <clears throat> that's it. Clap your hands. <laughs> be happy and you know. Nah. <clears throat> So, mm. yeah, which there it, we go. Which Let's, says, uh, go, oh, sorry, go for it. Oh, I was just going to say the uh, final thing, which says something too about like how we were created. We were created to be happy. And I think that's that's something yeah. to think about as well. So, oh, that's that's a good little teaser. I'm, uh, I'm preaching, oh gosh, the time of this recording, if it comes out <laughs> this Saturday, it'll be the same day I'm preaching. So... And my my topic is um, on my topic is on like uh, happiness and joy. So, but it's different (laughs) from what we've talked about here. It's very different from what we've talked about here. But it touches on happiness and joy, and that's one Mm. of my points that I make. That like, yeah, our default is kind of to be happy. So, I'm glad you brought that Mm. up. There we go. Teaser for a future ASP episode. I I like it. Good segue. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So yeah, I really encourage uh, all of our listeners back at home. Uh, we mentioned them here at the beginning of the episode in the recap, and you can go uh, look at the sermon. The link will be down below. But find the methods of catharsis that work for you. And again, you can find all those methods at the at the places I just mentioned. Find those methods because they will help you in your mental and emotional life, but they'll also help you physically, socially, and spiritually. All of those, you know, the human body is not made up of all the... well separate things but they all work in tandem you know each one of them is reliant on uh another part of what we're comprised of so find a method of catharsis that works for you and just remember yeah if all else fails you can always just come to god and give it to him that's that's what he's there for and um yeah in that way we can be in that default position of happiness and not have these unresolved uh, emotions of pride or anger of sadness we can get back to our default which is happiness which is as you said what god intended for us to be in so christopher do you have any recommending readings for us (laughs) <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, so we mentioned her earlier on. Uh, great uh, presenter, Eileen Taylor. If you just go on mm. YouTube, you'll find a lot of her videos. She's got some on suicide if you're interested in that topic and you want to learn more about it. Uh, she's got lots of great stuff there. Um, she's got a lot to do with the brain. If you want to learn more about the like default position of the brain and the different emotions, go check out some of her talks. She's got heaps of great stuff. Uh, and I would also like to recommend, once I find the author, 
I also like to uh, recommend to our readers Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Unleash a Revolution in Your Life uh, by Peter Scazzaro. And like, that sound, uh, the, the title doesn't do a good service to the actual book because like, <laughs> you use the word spirituality, it sounds a little new agey. It's like, unleash a new revolution, it sounds a little new age. It's totally biblical. Uh, I've read it and I've used it as a good source. There might be one or two things you might want to get rid of. Uh, I probably filtered out one or two of, you know, points you made. But overall, it's a really good book, a really good biblical look at um, how the God intended for us to look through our emotions and how that affects our spirituality or our spiritual life. So uh, ignore the title. It's a great book. Go check it out. <laughs> So, Jesse, where can these people find you? They can find me on my YouTube channel, YouTube channel, um, simply Jesse Marks, or they can find me right here at the After Seven Podcast. And Sweet. Christopher, where can people find you? People can find me here every fortnight on the After Seven Podcast. And don't forget, we're on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Don't forget as well. Oh, Jesse, we have so many good things going on. We have the Mighty Warrior Ministries website. We have articles that get published there every fortnight as well. So while you're waiting for a podcast or a new sermon to come out, don't worry, because every Wednesday, every fortnight, we have a new article coming out on heaps of different topics. Uh, We just had one come out last week called Why Does God Not Want Me? A very interesting one. Uh, Spoilers, he does, but it's just a good title. (laughs) And... So, and make sure to check out our Facebook page as well. That way you get all of our updates and you know when new episodes and new things are coming out. Thanks so much for supporting us, guys, and for listening in with us. That concludes today's podcast, and we hope you've been blessed as we've discussed the sermon catharsis. Make sure to come back in a fortnight for another episode, and with that said, have a good one, and good night. Good night. night.